0: Everyone, and welcome back to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pacillo, as always, joined by Joe Resinello. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go in to the breach on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial. on your FM dial spreading the truth of the Catholic faith to the New York City metropolitan area. As always, please be sure to download the Veritas Catholic Radio Network mobile app so that you could have access to all of our station's content, not just the Frontline with Joe and Joe. And if you like everything there, Frontline with Joe and Joe, Bishop Caggiano, Restless and all our programming, we are an EWTN affiliate. We ask you to share the app information with your friends and finally if you like what Joe and I do and you want to see more of us we are at the frontline TV the or the frontline TV on YouTube like subscribe share and do all that fun stuff today we are very pleased and honored to be welcoming back to the program a friend of the program Catherine Bogner uh and some of you might might remember from our prior interview a little bit about Katie but having said that, Uh, For the new listeners, um, Katie Bogner is the author of Through the Year with Jesus and a Catholic school teacher and director of religious education from Central Illinois. She is passionate about equipping parents, catechists, and teachers to share the beauty and truth of Christ and his church with their students. Visit Look to Him and Be Radiant. Look to him and be radiant.com, where she shares free lesson plans, principles, and other resources for teaching the faith. Today, we're going to be discussing through the year with Mary, ponder and pray together with children. Uh, it's going to be a great conversation. Katie Bogner, welcome back to the front line with Joe and Joe.
2: Thanks so much for having me.
0: You're welcome. It's our pleasure. Joe Rasinello.
1: Let's begin with a prayer. Uh, In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, never was it known that anyone who sought your help or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we fly unto you, a virgin, a virgin's our mother. To you we come, before you we stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word, incarnate, despise not our petitions, but in your clemency, hear and answer us, amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. You
0: know, Katie, Joe and I were commenting uh, before the show uh, you know, before you, you, you came on and we were talking about some of the ills that plague us in America. And, and I, I wanted to let you know that this is such an appropriate conversation because as much as I get, I get angry in my heart, sometimes maybe a little, despondent and say oh what's this what what are we doing in our country and then i look and say that's right we're talking to katie about (laughs) mother mary and we have to remember and i'm being serious and 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 it's like you know what if 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 we put our lady you know look to our lady i think we have a much a much less difficult time in dealing with a lot of nonsense so we're really looking forward to this conversation we hope that our audience is going to find it uh inspirational so with that i'm gonna i'm gonna hand it over to joe
1: And also, Katie, uh, you're one of the first guests on the show. We've been uh, on now like 18 months and and we'll always be faithful to you. I'm gonna be completely honest with you. We love you, uh, honestly, and what you do is so, so important. You form children. Um, that's the future of our church in America, and this is such an important thing. Um, and to be honest, it's wonderful to have you back to talk about this very important and great topic, um, the Blessed Mother. But let's just talk about how you put this together. I mean, the book itself, basically, it's a it's a year-long plan um, that kind of you know, discusses about, you know, Our Lady, um, who is obviously the mother of God. Um, why is it important for children to go to Jesus through Mary? It's important for us adults to do that. But why is it important to to basically get that in at the, uh, you know, early stages of development?
2: So I think that um, Mary is so relatable. Um, kids often have an uh, an easy time understanding like maternal love because of what they've experienced in their own lives, and so coming to know Jesus through His mom is going to be something that is like warm and welcoming and understandable to them. Um, full disclosure: I was raised as a cradle Catholic, and I really honestly didn't get Mary for a long time. I kind of thought of her as like this, oh, beautiful, perfect statue up on a shelf and didn't really understand why Catholics made such a big deal about her. And when I was in college, someone recommended that I read Fulton Sheen's The World's First Love, and it literally blew my mind and helped me understand Our Lady and why the church does make such a big deal about her and how she is everywhere in scripture, Old Testament and New Testament, and how everything about her points us directly to her son. And that's really the whole point of the book is that Mary is just another avenue of getting to know Jesus. Um, what better way, like if you wanted to get to know a good friend, if you sat down in their kitchen with their mom and said, Hey, tell me about so-and-so she is going to have insights and stories that, that are no one else will have a perspective that no one else will have. And Mary can do that for her son.
0: Absolutely. So the book is through the year with Mary, ponder and pray together with children. Is you know sometimes, Katie, I could get a little angry, like you know, like I, I I try not to. Thank God for this show, um, because because Joe Rusciano had you know working with him and talking, um, a lot of these, these these things out with with our guests, I become less angry, you know. And one of the things that bothers me is the Protestant view of Mary, or the Protestant description of what how Catholics view Mary, Um, really bothers me. Now I'm a lot less angry about it. Okay, that's why I brought up my anger. But I would tell them, i say, you know, you realize that in scripture, sola scriptura, that's what we hear all the time from from our separated brothers and sisters. You know, the, 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 the folks at the wedding feast at Cana, Jesus was sitting right there. He was sitting right there. He was a guest. They could have gone directly to him. You know, if you read the story, you could have gone directly to him. He's sitting there, okay, and said, uh, "We've run out of wine." Okay, now he would have helped you. He would have helped them, but they even they knew at that time uh, to say, uh, "I think we ought to go talk to his mother." Um, and these guests go through, get to Jesus through Mary, and she intercedes on their behalf that's pretty a pretty literal reading of that passage would you or, or that that story would you agree katie the the importance as joe said as adults all right leaving aside the importance for children of of really hammering that home do you understand that she's there for us that yes we could go directly to jesus but jesus gave us mary you think maybe we ought to avail ourselves of that gift what's your thoughts on that
2: Well, I think, too, especially as adults, one of the things that helped convince me of Mary's role that fits in just exactly as what you're explaining with the story of the wedding at Cana is the way that God obviously had had a plan for the Messiah in the Old Testament and obviously had had a plan for the church. There are so many pieces of typology that explain how um, his plan would be fulfilled. And so why would he not have a plan for the son and for his mother's son? And so that was another thing that was huge for me in my own personal study was seeing all of the little like puzzle pieces in the Old Testament that point to who Jesus's mother would be. And so in the book, um, I tried to break that down for kids. Kids actually love typology when you give it to them in small bite-sized pieces, because it really is kind of like a scavenger hunt and seeing how, oh my goodness, this is, this was all planned for here. It is, you know, 2000 years before Jesus was even born. And then it's fulfilled. Isn't that amazing? That could only be a miracle that can only be the plan of God. And so in the book, I take a few highlighted typology pieces that kind of, are easy to explain to kids and really can prove to them that yeah this was all within God's plan none of this was an accident and I think for both adults and kids that's one of the best pieces of evidence we can give for why Mary's role is so important in the church.
0: Absolutely. So Katie Bogner is joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. She uh, the the last book we discussed uh, when Katie was here was Through the Year with Jesus. Today we are discussing Through the Year with Mary. Ponder and pray together uh, with children. This is for your kids out there. Joe Racinello, where do you want to go?
1: You mentioned that like a book by Fulton Sheen basically opened your eyes to the importance of Mary. I mean, I had a kind of a Mary moment as well. I want to share it with you. And I'm actually interested in both your I- ideas on my thoughts. Um, it's, it, it's, it was my affiliation with nuns. Mary was a hidden person. And nuns many times are hidden. They're hidden. They live a life. They're behind the scenes. Mary was behind Jesus, yet she is the holiest person in all of Christendom next to God himself. That's the way to get to God, is to be humble, to be hidden, to work silently, be steadfast, persevere. And that is what I think we miss. I miss it. That's why I bring it up. We want to be up front. Mary was never up front. She was always behind, yet she was the most important figure next to Jesus Christ in all of Christendom. I'm interested in both of your thoughts on that because that is something I think we all miss, yet it's vital.
0: Go ahead, Katie. Um, I'd love to hear cool. what you have.
2: Okay, I don't. I didn't know if I caught all of that because it cut out. So should I yeah, just yeah, jump yeah. in here? Or? Yeah, jump
0: in. Go yeah. ahead. I think we, okay. I think we Katie, you had a feel for where Joe was going with yep. that. Okay, cool.
2: All right, we'll we'll go from there. So I think that Mary's virtues are actually one of the things that um, make it, as easy as possible for us to follow in her footsteps. And that sounds lofty, of course. But when we look at the life of Mary, so you mentioned humility for one, we can see all of the ways that she exemplified and is a perfect example of following in God's footsteps, but as a human. And so her humility, of course, is remarkable in that she was the holiest creation, right? And that she has been, just think about the way we've honored her in, you know, culture throughout the century. She's, you know, the most artistically represented woman in all of human history and paintings and statues, etc. And yet she's also the most humble. And so we can take so many virtues and talk about how Mary exemplified them, how she lived them out, and how we can follow in her footsteps. So it really is a wonder that in so many other areas of life, that if we are going to be at the top of our game, we are actually going to be the most recognized. Whereas this is the opposite, that if we are going to be at the top of our game as Christians, we're going to be the most like Mary, which means we're going to be hidden and humble and virtuous.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, my 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 thing is this: when I when I think about um, when I think about again going back to those non-Catholic Christians, um, uh, you know, when they point, I, I guess some criticism at, at the way Catholics view Mary. I would say not only do we not worship Mary, the first person that would tell us not to worship Mary is Mary herself. <laughs> And if you did, and remember, there was a heresy a long time, a long time, I forgot the name of it, a long time ago, about 1,700 years ago, in one of the Eastern rites where they were offering the Eucharist to Mary, and the church came in and shut it down. They said, that is not Catholic, okay? Um, I forgot the name of the group, but I do know that they were they were offering, basically, they were doing what they're not supposed to do, the wrong view of Mary, okay? Um, and the church shut it down. So this idea that we worship Mary, no, no, no. We are humble enough to know that we can't approach Jesus many times, okay, because of our own sins, because of our own, call it baggage or whatever, but our mother is there to reconcile us with our brother, okay, and she points to him. I wish that everybody out there would understand. She says, do what he tells you, okay? Do what he tells you because she knows best. Mothers know best, okay? She knows exactly what we need, and she points to Christ because he is the best thing for us so she, that's her, her humility don't worship me worship him right what kind of feedback katie have you gotten on the book um maybe you could share with our audience here at the front line with joe and joe uh, you know how some of your listeners uh, have used this wonderful resource which is titled through the year with mary ponder and pray together with children
2: so the book has a weekly reflection that, and some of them go over different like Marian apparitions, some of them go over Marian dogma and teaching, some of them go through different Marian feasts that families might want to celebrate so some of the feedback I've gotten is just how varied the approach can be and how you use the book. There's a lot of material in there. Um, There's, you know, there's sacred art and there's readings and Saint quotes. Mm -hmm. And so I love that some families with their littles, they say the kids are so attracted to the beautiful sacred art. And so they might just sit and look at that and talk about it. Um, I also have had adults say that we should not have put the subtitle that it's for children because they've gotten it for their grandchildren and have started to flip through. And then they've kept the copy for themselves (laughs) because they're like, nobody ever told me this about Mary, or I never understood why she had this title or it totally makes sense now that 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 teaching or dogma about Mary is actually about Jesus. That the reason the church defined that is because they needed us to understand something about Him. And so the feedback has just been that it really fits with so many different ages and stages. It's meant to just be a resource to help facilitate conversations.
0: That's awesome. That I, I, it really is awesome. And I, I, as I said, I won't beat a dead horse, uh, but all Christians should should get closer to Our Lady. It 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 would benefit you is what I would tell you. It will benefit you to to have a life where you're devoted to Our Lady. Okay, that's how you get closer to. God. That's the be- let's put it like let's be charitable. That's the best way to get closer to Christ. Joe Rizzitello,
1: um, you got the imprimatur from uh, the bishop. I think that's impressive. Talk about that. I mean, because that basically, you know, that's a very important thing for our listeners out there. That basically says the church backs this book, um, that it's the, you know, theologically sound. How did he get that? I mean, that's no joke. I mean, to be honest with you, uh, we got a bishop on our station. Sometimes um, I, I, what's it called? I get, I I tread lightly. Let's just put it that (laughs) way. (laughs) So so you got the imprimatur, Katie.
2: (laughs) Yeah, so that was really important to me as a teacher and as a catechist. That is something that I look for when I am looking at, because just because something has been published, and even just because it's been published by a Catholic publisher doesn't mean that it is something I want to use in my classroom. And so the imprimatur is at least um, kind of that, that basis that I know that, okay, this has been reviewed. It is free from doctrinal error. It has been, you know, given permission to be printed by the bishop of that diocese. And so it was really important to me that we pursue that for both of my books. Um, So the application process looks different in different dioceses. My diocese is fairly small. And so I submitted my manuscript with all of the information. And, you know, that that includes the quotes that we use and the questions that we were posing and all of that. And it was reviewed and was granted the imprimatur, which was really important to me because I mean I didn't want to make any mistakes either. It wasn't just yay, yeah, yeah, it's a stamp of approval. It was more so that I didn't want to flub up, and you know a word can can lead to misunderstandings, and that's the last thing I would ever want to do as a catechist and a teacher.
0: I, I think that, that that's so it's so important for for especially for an author, a Catholic like yourself, Joe about that all the time when i mean we talk a lot about politics we talk a lot about the culture war but we do get into the faith okay especially on on, in this format at the veritas catholic radio network because we are it is a catholic station and everything else joe and i are always very careful about uh, about what we say on on the theological level because we don't want to make mistakes and if we're if we're unsure if we're about to make we'll let the audience know we'll say "I, i don't know if this is exactly correct but and even that we rarely do If we've mentioned something about the faith, having to do with the faith, like everything I might have said earlier about Mary, I know I'm in line with Catholic teaching, you know, and it's it's very important to to make sure that we're doing that, to not, you talked about humility. You're humble enough to say, "Let me make sure I got it right." <laughs> um, especially, like I said, because you're, you know, we're we're talking about children, um, but and on children, uh, let's let's stay there for a second, okay? Katie Bogner joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe, and we are discussing her new book, "Through the Year with Mary: Ponder and Pray Together with Children." Um, you know, last years, you're in education, Katie. Uh, education, particularly education, has really been co-opted by. Uh, let's face it, it's what they are, cultural Marxists, okay, um, they, they have a very specific view have, which is children are uh, perfectly malleable, and you can move them any way you want, and you know, and, and all that nonsense that we hear from the public education establishment, you don't have, you don't share that view, uh, you believe children, you trust children to grasp some of these deep theological truths. Talk about that. I'm very, I'm very interested in that. We're very interested in that.
2: Well, I mean, you know, right in scripture, you know, those children that are in my classroom, I don't need to wait for them to become an adult in order to be created in the image and likeness in God. They already are. And so when I look at them, I see them as like their disciples on the journey alongside of me. I'm just a little further along than they are. And so instead of watering down the absolutely beautiful truths of our Catholic faith, I'm going to present them to them, but I'm going to do it in a way that is approachable and understandable for them. So out of respect for their dignity, um, I want to give them the fullness of truth now because I don't know if they'll receive it again later. And so hopefully whatever we're discussing in my classroom, whatever's in my book, whatever I present in my parish programs is at least like wetting their appetite and laying a firm foundation for them. So not that I'm filling up an empty pitcher, but instead I'm inviting them along on like a discovery. And so in my book, that's another thing, some other feedback I've gotten is that, wow, this is really deep, but it's approachable. And so that's what I always try to do with my catechetical materials is they're, they are deep, but they're meant to be approachable and attainable for a child.
1: Absolutely. Joe Racinella. And in in the book itself, talk a little bit about the saints and some of the scholars that you have in there, because that's important. I mean, uh, to be honest with you, not only for children, but for the adults that are reading it to the children.
2: Yeah, this is not Mary according to the authority of Katie Vogner. This is Mary according to 2,000 years of church tradition. And so there are, you know, there are quotes from, of course, scripture. Um, There are, even from the Old Testament, there are quotes from early church councils um, and the, the saints and what they wrote there. And then there's also some modern saints because kids often have an easier time relating to a saint that lived in a time similar to what they are, right? And so looking at some of those saints who really loved Mary, who lived in recent times, like Maximilian Colby and Pope John Paul II. Um, So hearing what they had to say about Mary in understandable terms for the children. So this is not my philosophy of Mary. This is what the church teaches. But like I said, kind of broken down into small snippets that would be understandable by the kids.
1: Katie, I want to say that's why you're our people, because I believe that completely. That is my approach. I always say this, and I've been involved in different teaching ministries for quite some time it's not my church you see too many catholics like grasp the faith in the scent in almost in a subjective manner it's not my church and heaven is god's home and if we want to enter it We have to do it according to God's way. And what was God's way? Through his son. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And how best do we get to his son? Through Mary. Someone explained a good approach to getting to Mary to me in a simple way. And I need simple ways for me to understand things. So I'm going to explain it to you and to our listeners. It's like Father's Day. And you have a four-year-old. I have young children, so I can relate to this. And the kid makes something in his pre k you know pre-k class and 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 it's a mess it's just like crayons and craziness so what happens the kid gives it to his mom and the mom puts a nice frame on it makes it nice and beautiful and then they present it to the father you see that's what mary does all the things that we do for however good they are it's coming from me and i'm a mess i'm a sinner I and I go to God to reconcile, but also my works. This is how I think about it. I give them to Mary and she polishes them up and she gives them to God because no one knows the son better than the mother. And I think that's a good way. I think people could understand it. That's how I understand it.
2: I love that analogy and so relatable for us as adults and also for kids, just in that Mary is our advocate. She is, you know, and also I look to her um, and see so many ways that I feel like a companion on the journey and that she's praying for me. So it's easy for me to talk to Mary and to ask her to continue to pray for whatever the situation is, you know, shoot up a memoir or shoot up a hail Holy queen and ask her to take care of the situation because I know that she is there at the, you know, the throne of her son in heaven and that she cares about me as a mother does and that she'll continue to pray for me. So not just that practical, like help me make, you know, clean up this mess that I've created, but also to continue to pray for me so that I can follow in her footsteps and be in heaven with her. Her and Jesus someday.
0: Absolutely. And I wish sometimes those who are skeptical of, of our view of Mary, I wish they would maybe read some of our prayers. You mentioned the Hail Holy Queen, right? And what always comes to mind is turn then most gracious advocate. Not turn then, Goddess Mary. <laughs> turn then most gracious advocate. Or the or the or the or the uh or the, the hail Mary. Okay, pray for us, O holy Mother of God. Pray for us. Not save me, mother. Mary can't save me, okay? Jesus is the one who saves, all right? Mary prays for us. And guess who Jesus listens to first? Mama, okay? (laughs) You know, people don't understand sometimes Mary's, you know, uh, Mary saying yes to to, to the angel. Uh, People don't understand how profound that is in human history, okay? She didn't have to say yes. She wasn't forced to say yes. She wasn't coerced, okay? She had the free will to say no. I'm not, I can't do this there's going to be pressure. I'm married. If I'm pregnant, I'm married. They're going to stone me. There was a lot of pressure. Okay. That yes is so profoundly important. That's why Christ will do whatever she asks. He didn't want to turn the water into wine. He says, not my time. But Mary asked him. All right. I'm sorry to go off on this, but it's very important. I'd love to spend the last couple of minutes, Katie, before the break, and we're going to keep talking about your book. I'd love for you to um, educate Joe and I and our audience. What is the type? You mentioned typology right? Give a quick synopsis of the typology of Mary in the Old Testament in regards to mother. I think, I think that's important. And I went, oh, <laughs> I never realized that. D- give our audience and Joe and I a little catechesis on that.
2: Sure. So typology is the idea that everything in the Old Testament points to the New, and then everything in the New Testament is a fulfillment of the Old. So the Queen Mother role, specifically, if we go back to the kingdom of King David, Um, He and his sons, of course, had many wives. Now that's a whole other conversation, but when there's many wives, who's the queen, right? So even though one of those kings would have had many wives, they only had one mother. And so there are several stories in the Old Testament where the king actually, the throne that is next to him is for his mother, not for his wife, not for his first wife, not for his favorite wife, but it's for his mom. And so there's a couple of situations where people come and have a problem that they want the king to solve. And they first go to the queen mother and ask for her help. And the king in turn says, I will give you anything that you ask up to half of my kingdom. And so while again, the Old Testament is flawed because they were human, we can take that and then um, have the analogy carry through because we know that Jesus is the king of the universe, that he is the new King David, that he fulfilled that covenant, the, the Davidic kingdom. And so therefore, okay, who's the queen then? Well, it's his mom, right? You know, he has his bride, the church, which is, you know, uncountable. But he, we, he only has one mom. And so in that same analogy, we can go to the Queen Mother, ask for her help. She sits at the throne of her son, brings that intercession to him, and allows him to solve the problem. So what was fulfilled in the New Testament, we see in the kingdom in, in front of us, in the church, and is happening in heaven right now.
0: Absolutely. And, and thank you for that, because it's one of those things, like I said, um, if, if you're going to criticize our Joe, Joe and I on the show we say all the time, if you're going to criticize the Catholic church, criticize the Catholic church and the Catholic faith on what the, what the church actually teaches um, on, on faith and morals and not what you say it teaches. I think that that's a beautiful example because my argument, again, would be the same. Is like the king's sitting right there. I mean, that's in scripture. The king is sitting right there. He has all the power, all the things we say and know about Jesus. He's the king, all and he's sitting right there but his mom's on his mom is sitting there on the throne next to him okay to whom he gives power and authority that's why they know, and they know it that's why they go to her say could could you could you ask the king your son um i got a problem with my uh with my my grain storage i got fees or whatever the case might be and and uh, you know because of her intercession the king will 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 then act um joe we have a minute before the break if you want to get something started
1: yeah i guess like talk about the prayers that you note in the book i think it's very important obviously there's the rosary but there's tons of Marian prayers i'm you know a big mary fan i pray what's it called obviously we pray to mary before this show every single show so talk about the prayers that you note in the book
2: yeah i mean just the richness and beauty of tradition the tradition of our church is that there are hundreds of prayers connected with mary and so there's a reading for every week of the entire year. And it was actually not hard to find a Marian prayer, a different Marian prayer for every single week. So of course, there's the ones we want the kids to know, like the Hail Mary and the Hail Holy Queen. But there's also some prayers that you maybe, you know, haven't heard of before. And we also included them in Latin. Um, There's a couple in Spanish, there's one in French. And so really, the idea is not for a child to memorize all, you know, 60 some prayers that are included, but to expose them to the beauty of this Marian tradition we have had for years. And then there's also, an index in the back. I'm all about the indexes so that you can find things. And so, in the back, all of the Marian prayers are included with their, you know, English translation next to the Latin and Spanish and French ones as well.
0: That's great. That's great. And, and you know what? We should explore more Marian prayers. I, I now, through because of my wife, I learned a lot more, a lot more prayers uh, to Mary. My wife's got a, a stack of novenas just, you know, this high. Um, and there's a lot of different. Prayers to Mary that she that she has. I, I didn't know the Hail Holy Queen before I met. I mean, I I met my wife. Um, you know, my wife and Joe's wife which are, are sisters. Uh, Joe's my brother-in-law, right? I met my wife in 2011. We got married in 2013. Hail Holy What? I was I knew the Hail Mary. I was still I was on the road back and had been uh, back in the church and practicing the faith after having strayed for some time. I knew the Hail Mary and a couple of other prayers. Okay, I didn't know the Hail Holy Queen. I didn't know the prayer at the end of the Rosary. I didn't even know how to pray the Rosary. You know what I mean. So that's awesome that you provide that. I think it's also great that you do it in different languages because if it's for children, they should be exposed to different languages. Also, let's take a quick break. Katie Bogner's here at the front line with Joe and Joe, uh, Joe Pasillo and Joe Resinello. We're discussing Our Lady, Katie's book, Through the Year with Mary, Ponder and Pray Together with Children. We have another great segment coming up on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network. Don't go anywhere. Where there's Catholic Radio, the folks who listen deepen their faith families are strengthened, parishes and communities flourish. So, let people know you're listening to Veritas, tell your friends to tune in, and let's make an impact here for Jesus and His Church. This is Steve Lee for Veritas Catholic Network. Welcome back, everyone, to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo and Joe Racinello, and we are welcoming him back today, a friend of the program, Katie Bogner, and we're discussing her new book, Through the Year, with Mary Ponder and Pray Together with Children. Joe Racinello, I don't know. I, I when, when you see a title like that, you think in your mind, yeah, that's pretty important. Praying Together with Children uh, and Talking About Our Lady, I, I'm thinking that's super duper. Important. What about you, Joe Russell Oh, there's
1: no doubt. I, I wanted to begin this segment with a little story about Our Lady and my mom. So I think I never told you this, Joe. You may get a kick out of it. When Pope Benedict came to New York, he had a mass in Yankee Stadium. I was privileged. I got a ticket. And... Um, I took my mom, I got two tickets. And uh, so we're going through the subway system early in the morning on a Sunday. And, you know, there's certain areas that if you've ever been, you, you live near Chicago, you know, the deal, you get people like, you know, preaching and, and, you know, doing the whole deal. And there's this one area where there's this group, they're always there. And I used to pass them at work. So this woman sees, you know, I was in a, a suit and they assumed I was going to Yankee Stadium. You know, I was with my mom, uh, who's like a five foot one Italian lady from Newark, New Jersey. Um, and the, the, the lady's like, Mary was a sinner and she died like everybody else. So my mother like gets in her face and just not in an aggressive way, but in, in a five foot one Italian way from Newark, she goes, that's what you think. And we just continued to walk away. <laughs> so that's how we do it, people. You got to speak up. You got to. Well, you want to
0: know what's real quick. But you want to know what's uh, uh, the I was about to say funny about that is that okay? That's a woman in the subway. I think I know that part of the subway you're talking about, Joe. Down down in the circle of hell underneath Times Square.
1: <laughs> yes, um, on but, set. But go to get going. down, yeah, what's that, it called? The long tunnel to go that, to the that long side. tunnel.
0: I always liken that in the summertime to, to Dante's ninth circle of hell. It's very long. It's got a slope downward, and it's about 110 degrees down there. And 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 I and and you're down there with about a thousand people walking down the tunnel. I couldn't think of a better image of hell. Um, but the aggressiveness sometimes, again, Katie, we're not going to get you in any trouble here at the front line with Joe and Joe. But the aggre- like when I hear very well known preachers, I want to say to them sometimes, you guys you might want think you're jabbing the Catholic church or the Catholic faith or Catholics in particular, when you, when you employ certain language, but you remember something, you're going to stand before Jesus. Okay. Or kneel more importantly, before Jesus at your judgment, but watch what you say about his mother, because sometimes in a case like that, like Mary's, I heard a preacher, Mary's in the ground. She's rotting like everybody else. She's a sinner. I don't want to say, dude, if you think that God, Okay. If you think that God could come into the world through a through a non-pure vessel, okay, then I, I, number one, you're not reading scripture, and number two, you don't know what the hell you're talking about, okay? And they, like you said, Joe, about that lady, it's like, Mary's a sinner. No, she's not, all right? And watch your language, because if I, and that's me saying it, but if, and again, I'm not Jesus, but if you talk about my mama the way some of these people talk about Mary, I'm going to get, I'm going to get a little upset um what are are your thoughts okay again katie i won't get you in trouble what are your thoughts on that
2: (laughs) it it always blows my mind how vehemently aggressive some people can be about how much they can't stand mary and i'm like why like why when you actually read about her in scripture even just the specific passages in the new testament I, i don't understand why they are so aggressively against her and the only thing can be is that it's an attack, right? I mean, she stands for everything that is good and pure and beautiful. And so there's something about that that, like, points a finger back at them. And I think as Catholics, Catholics who have a good relationship with Mary, we see that as an inspiration, as an encouragement, as a source of prayer, whereas I think other people kind of see it as an attack, like it makes them feel less than maybe. Um, I, I, I don't understand. It is something that has blown my mind. Now, I've already, I told you in the last segment that I didn't really understand Mary's role in the church when I was younger, I I thought we kind of made a big deal about her, but I never really had a problem with her. So that, that like vehement aggression always shocks me, always takes me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I want to, want to, want to even eat that's fine, but sometimes it's borderline vicious. Mm -hmm. Um, and again, I'm not taking offense. You're not, Joe's not Christ might, Mm -hmm. you know, so like tell these people, like I said, be careful what you say about his mama, Mm uh, could be up on the bad end of that. Um, Katie Bogner, um who's written this book through the year with mary Katie, by the way where can where can folks buy the book let's let's let everybody know that right now
2: yeah so it was published by emmaus road which is through the saint paul center so you can find it on the saint paul center that's um scott hans biblical theology organization they do lots of great work um it's also on amazon of course and i love to encourage people to ask for it at their local catholic bookstores even if they don't have it in stock they can often order it for you and then that supports them too
0: All right. Awesome. So now the book itself. Okay. So this is a, this is a tool. This is, this is something uh, for folks to use to help them, you know, relay about Mary, specifically the children. So uh, is that when we say, okay, people are going to use the book, schools, homeschoolers, CCD, who's the book designed for?
2: So yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> um, and I, I mean, I'm all about, I, like, you know, every good parent, every good teacher, every good catechist can take a resource and make it fit with the audience they have in front of them. So, you know, for a family, especially a family with like, a, you know, wide ages of kids, this is something that you could keep in the van and maybe open it up on the way to mass and find a reflection to read. Or maybe this is, you know, involved in bedtime prayer, you're all piled on the couch together in the living room, and you pick a passage and you read through part of it. Um, the nice thing is that it's flexible it's not a textbook it's not a you know a teacher's manual, you can pick and choose what you want to read in the reflections, I try to give lots of options so there's discussion questions and there's there's a. um Like a connection or a question about the artwork if that intrigues your kids there's the prayer to use there's lots of things. In a classroom, I think that there's a lot of possibilities, especially for feast day celebrations, because sometimes a feast day comes up and as a teacher I'm like oh I forgot that that was today I don't have anything planned, well it doesn't have to be a craft or something special you could pull this out. Read about the history of that day, or what, tell, what it tells us about Mary and therefore tells us about Jesus. Um, as a homeschooler, I think it would be a treasure trove because you kind of have a combination of those two things, the, the educational part of things, but also the, the familial prayer and discussion that you want to foster with your children. And that's really what it's all about, is trying to help adults feel equipped and ready to have conversations with the kids in their lives. I know even myself, I, I was hanging out with my seven-year-old niece yesterday. She started asking me all kinds of questions. And even, I'm like, oh, I haven't thought about it that way, or I don't know quite how to answer that question. This at least gets you you know, kind of the groundwork to start the conversation and feel like you have a resource to fall back on, which is really helpful, I think, in any type of conversation.
0: I, I think that's so great. We have to remember, too, that you're not asking uh, let's just say fathers with their sons, okay. In the case of using your book, I'm not asking them to do anything radical. Fathers talk to their sons about a whole variety of things talk to them about movies, talk to them about the New York Jets. I don't know why they would do that, but they talk <laughs> about the New York Jets um, or sports in general, okay, and a lot of different topics, okay. And all that's great. I mean, that's part of the formation of, let's say, of, 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 how a father forms his son, all right. But talk to him about God. Talk to him about the church. Talk to him about Our Lady and use Katie Bogner's book, Through the Year with Mary. In other words, Joe's always saying on the show, Katie Bogner, we need to get back to the ABCs, not just in our faith, but in America, but let's keep it with the faith. We need to get back to the ABCs, back to the basics. Mary is a fundamental of the faith, okay? There is Marian dogma teaching that we are bound to believe as Catholics, okay? Let's start teaching, for fathers in particular out there, let's start teaching our sons about Our Lady. Let's teach our sons about Our Lady and what Katie Bogner said about going to Jesus through Mary, okay? That's important. And then talk about the New York Jets or the, the, the New York Knicks. Again, don't, don't, don't talk what, about the Jets. Yeah, don't talk about the <laughs> Jets. But I think it's so important, Katie, and that's why the book is so valuable. So thank you for that. Joe Russinello.
1: One of the th- one of the many things that keep me grounded in life. Uh, one is my own children. Um, you know. And to be honest with you, just by the mere fact that I'm me, (laughs) that which keeps me very grounded, uh, is Our Lady always went to children. I, I say this not in jest, but I say this seriously. Whenever I think, you know, I've accomplished something, particularly in my work for the church, I always think of Mary didn't come to me specifically. She does when I pray the rosary with my wife every night, but She came to simple people. In some cases, they were illiterate, like Bernadette at Lourdes, the children of Fatima, some backward corner of Portugal. And she gave a message that echoed across the world. This is a humbling thought, how she uses children, children. How we dismiss children—it's so easy to, you know what I'm saying—where we just don't consider what they have to say to be important when they sometimes say things that are very truthful and get right to the heart of of the matter. How can our children teach us to be better Catholics? You work with children every day. I have five children, and to be honest with you, they reveal to me many times some of the greatest aspects of my my heart, but also some dark part places that I got to work on my children reveal how do they teach us to be better Catholics
2: so gosh children are so filled with wonder and awe that oftentimes as adults we have lost so the first thing is to think about the way that kids are often they have a beautiful relationship with God they just might need or not have the language yet to explain it and so to first look to them is like these kids know Jesus they maybe just need a little bit of catechesis to explain that relationship. And then on the other hand, they have such beautiful innocence and purity, especially before that age of reason, right? As they're exploring the world. So one of the reasons why I think Mary must have approached these children, so you mentioned Bernadette, you mentioned the children of Fatima, over and over she approaches the young and the humble who have nothing else going for them. It was not the wealthiest person in town, it was not the smartest person in town, it was not the most traveled or the wisest person, it was someone who was humble and simple who would see, I think, the beauty in that apparition, who would recognize Mary's maternal love and not want to turn it into an opportunity for, you know, fame or fortune or whatever it might be they simply wanted to be the vehicle and and none of those people went out for fame right especially if you read about some of their lives some of like the the fatima visionaries who live for longer things sister lucia um like they actually wanted to remain in anonymity and in humility and so i think mary seeks out those souls whether they're children or not she's seeking out souls that are humble and virtuous and who only want what is best for god's creation not what is best for themselves
0: I, I I love that. I, I love everything about what you just said. Katie Bogner joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo, Joe Racinello, Way in the Breach on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network. God is operative in human history. Mm-hmm. Now, anybody who's either a Jew, because Jews believe that too, okay? Um, and certainly all Christians believe that. But we have something a bit more unique that we know to be true. I don't believe in Marian apparitions. I know them to be true. There's evidence Everybody always oh the atheists. Where's the evidence? The Protestants. Where's the evidence? Okay, all right. Seventy thousand people at Fatima all see the same thing. That says to me that they're on to something. Something's going on there. Okay. The Jesuits are in Mexico for about ten years making no real headway. Mary goes to Juan Diego. Again, Joe Jurassinola mentioned someone humble. Okay, goes to Juan Diego. Okay, and uh, and the the entire nation of Mexico is converted to the Catholic Church. Okay, the entire nation. Okay, paganism, human sacrifice, all goes by the wayside. It's back now because they're rebelling against that. Mary is, is, is God's general. He's, he sends Mary in and things happen. All right, talk about apparitions, Katie. Talk about God being operative in human events, major human events through Our Lady.
2: Well, when you look back in human history, and there's so many apparitions that I included in the book, so it was neat to see them as like a timeline, because so many times Mary has appeared in a a country or a place where change is desperately needed. And she either preempted like, okay, this really big thing is going to happen and you need to be prepared, or she was the instrument of that change, like you mentioned with Guadalupe. Um, I think that we could use a Marian apparition in the United States, in my personal opinion, if Jesus is listening to me, because I think we could use some things, you know, that, that need shaken up, like people listen. And so whether... That change always looked a little different. It could be like you know Fatima, where seventy thousand people saw the same thing, and then they went out and changed their lives. Where Guadalupe, um, you know, Christianity caught on like wildfire and literally changed the culture of death in that in that country at that time. Or it could be something smaller, like I don't know if you know much about the apparition in Wisconsin. It's the only approved U.S. apparition. Our lady of good help. Um, That was a a kind of a much smaller impact, but then um, a few years later, there was a major fire, and the people in the area survived because they went to the apparition site and prayed the rosary during the fire, and that area was untouched while everything else around it burned, the Peshtigo fire in that year. So even in a small way, even if it didn't impact world history, when we look back at the different approved Marian apparitions, they have always had an impact on the people. They've always had an impact on the community, and often it has expanded throughout the country. God uses his messenger. Sometimes the saints appear. Sometimes the angels come with messages. But whenever Mary appears, something really big is going to happen.
1: A
0: quick follow-up, and then I want to hand it to Joe. Talk about the importance of approval. See, if Joe Mm -hmm. and I said, if Joe and I were walking down the street and we started saying, whoa, there's Mary, okay? Yeah, no. No that it doesn't work that way if i was Uh, like at
1: the diner and i see her in toast on toast when i hear stories like like that
0: i really again you want to arouse my anger and that and catholics are guilty of that i saw mary when i put when i put my my creamer in my coffee it made the image of mary before it swirled i was like we're from new jersey this is
1: how (laughs) new jersey people see mary at the diner in their coffee you know But, but real
0: quick 30 seconds katie but talk about the importance of church approval of apparitions.
2: Absolutely. So our personal faith matters. And so you want to validate people who are like, oh, you know, like, I feel like I was given this message or whatever it might be, but that doesn't mean that it's something that someone else should take into their personal faith or change their belief system based on. So when a Marian operation is approved by its local bishop, it is thoroughly investigated, thoroughly. Every document, every interview, every everything is, is looked at. And first of all, it's made sure that it's completely in line with former church teaching. A Marian operation cannot change church teaching. It only emphasizes it. and gives a message to the people of that time. And Mary's message is always almost repent from sin, and pray (laughs) that's almost always what she says sounds awful catholic to me right (laughs) so it's really important to look at the marian apparitions and it usually takes years decades for them to be approved so you always want to be real careful with anything that is in the early stages of that approval process because not all of them are authentic of course
0: no absolutely i think that's important to relate to our audience here at the front line with joe and joe um the book is through the year with mary ponder and pray together with children the author is katie bogner and we have
1: a little bit of time left joe where do you want to go i want to talk about the rosary um very important i'm a big rosary guy i believe well first let's go to fatima our lady asked the world to pray the rosary now she's speaking to catholics particularly but it's the whole world too but let's talk about catholics are we praying the rosary (laughs) Very important. And And I say that because I'm going to be honest with you. I actually think, you guys may disagree, why God has called me to do what I do. Because I break it down real simple. And this is as simple as it gets. If every baptized Catholic in the world prayed the rosary every day, 15 minutes, 15 minutes, the world changes tomorrow. Not like 15 years tomorrow, particularly the family rosary, particularly every night. I've been married nine years. In September, my wife and I, there has never been a night we have not prayed the rosary. Now, I don't force my children to do it because I I, I don't I think that could have a, a negative. But I pray it in the in the living room. They're welcome to join. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. It'll stick. They'll know as time goes on when I'm long gone, how does your book teach the importance of the rosary, particularly the family rosary? Because I mean this when I say it in the most simplistic terms, I wish they'd invite me to speak to the bishops. That's my only, that's my statement. (laughs) Stop with all the programs. There's your program, the rosary, do what our lady says. What's your thoughts? How does the book convey that important message?
2: So I think unfortunately, if we go back a couple of generations, a lot of people let's say, said the rosary, right? Like I think we need to move away from saying the rosary to actually praying the rosary. So some of the resources that I include in the book and the way that I teach my own students is that it is not just about memorizing the prayers. As a matter of fact, if you don't have a memorized, that's fine. Here, I'll give you a resource, right? We We have resources at our fingertips. So here's a book or pull up an app on your phone if you don't know the prayers yet. It is more important to me that you know that while you are saying those prayers, you are meditating on the life of Jesus, that the rosary is actually a bible study on on a string right that you are going through the 20 most significant events in the gospels of jesus's life and the impact that they had that is why it will change hearts that is why it will will change families and that is why it will change our culture is because it's not just some route prayers that we say as fast as we possibly can it is because you are thinking you are raising your mind and your heart to contemplate the mysteries of christ and that can't not change you that is how we will impact people is if they start to actually meditate on the mysteries of the rosary while they're praying it.
0: Absolutely, Katie Bogner. <clears throat> I will say this two things real quick. One is um, I, I get spiritually lazy sometimes and I see I, a demonstrable difference in what's going on in my life when I'm lax with the rosary mm-hmm. and when I'm praying it every day. Again, I can't, I, I, maybe it's not demonstrable. I can't describe it to you but i know there's a difference. okay? i know that something different is going on in my life, me personally, okay? um and and how i'm going about things when i'm consistently praying the rosary and as joe said, consistently meaning every day, taking the time every day. unfortunately, i work nights, my wife works days, so we don't pray together, okay? but i know she's praying the rosary with our foster son and I'm praying the Rosary. Uh, you know, I got back on the horse. Okay, that's one. And, and I would tell people, I'm also a very distracted person. I'm distracted in prayer, and I think that one of the things is I know that about myself. And the devil tries to use that to 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 dissuade me from praying the Rosary. And I would tell anybody out there who's feeling distracted or who feels like ah, I'm just saying the words, pray it anyway. Pray the prayer anyway. Okay, let God find the nuggets in your prayer. Those those moments where you're not distracted, where you are thinking about Jesus, when you're thinking about Mary, when you're thinking about a scene from the gospel. Like you said, it's a Bible study. The rosary is a Bible study. When they say we don't know the Bible, they say. I pray the rosary. I know a good part about it. So does Joe and so does Katie Bogner, all right? Um, I would say, am I wrong in that when I say, because like I said, I'm very distracted when I pray. I mean, it's just my personality I, I, and I pray not to be distracted. But unfortunately my mind goes this way, that way. And I have to constantly try to refocus back on what, what you know, the, the the mysteries. But talk about the need to persevere in prayer, prayer. Uh, Katie, please.
2: Absolutely. I mean, like the, this math is like not correct, but you know that prayer is only like 1% us and it's 99% God, right? So we just need to show up. You just gave perfect. me such great consolation <laughs> there. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, we just need to show up. And so it doesn't need to look perfect. It doesn't need to feel effective. It is still going to change your heart. I also think that the rosary people are intimidated to do it with kids. And I understand that. I mean, sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't know if we're ready for this or not. To, like number one, do it a decade at a time, especially if you're just starting out. Don't you don't have to try to plow through the whole thing and shouldn't try to plow through the whole thing. Do it a decade at a time. Do it deep and well rather than to fly through it. Also, the rosary in, incorporates all of the different learning styles. You've got a kid who likes to move. Great, go on a rosary walk. you got a kid who's super tactile and likes to play with things. Awesome. Give them a rosary that they can like, you know, play with. There's different chewy rosaries and Lego rosaries and they can make their own, you know, give them something that they can hold on to. You like a kid who's kind of the boss of the family and likes to talk all the time well great they can lead the prayers it, it incorporates all of those aspects of you know learning styles and personalities all in one prayer so why would it not be perfect for family life so don't give up give it a try try it on the move try it you know in different places try it one piece at a time persevere you have to keep going yeah that, that
0: that's that's what i was saying i try to remember that like i said i have my moments where i you know i i and it's a shame i have to i have to not do that i have to remember to and i do by god's grace um uh, to remember no 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 gotta get back on the horse gotta, gotta gotta persevere in prayer and teach our children to do that uh katie bogner's with us here at the front line with joe and joe through the year with mary ponder and pray together with children joe racinello we have about five or six minutes left what do you want to what do you want to talk about
1: I want to talk a little bit about, you know, basically how catechesis is moving forward. I mean, Katie is in the weeds, and it, it's very edifying to hear someone who is orthodox. What I say, I, I don't even like these terms, to be honest with you. All I like is you believe what the church teaches. That's it. There is no this, that, this. You believe what the church teaches. Again, it's not my church. It's the it's God's church. Read it and believe it or or don't. You do. And that's what you teach. And clearly, I think we have to do better as a church. I see what you're doing and we are. Like, what do you see? You know, like, like on the ground, you are on the front line. You are doing it. What do you see? Um, are we getting better as a church? Mm
2: gosh that is hard so i will preface by saying that i am in an incredible catholic school with an awesome catholic identity and that is very orthodox for lack of a better word i agree with you that it's hard to use that term but really meaning that like we believe what the church teaches and we teach it to our students i'm also in a great diocese so i'm very blessed but i also travel around the country a little bit and have lots of friends who teach and work in the church around the country specifically and it's rough it is really rough um people have their own agendas, people want to, you know, kind of put their own flavor or spin on the church's teachings, people want to adjust to whatever's popular in the culture right now, and it's really difficult, because our kids are being pulled in a thousand directions, and because of technology, which is a tool, right, we can use it well, as we are today, Um, but they, they know more, they know more air quotes about the world than children ever have before in human history. And they, it's like a fire hose that they can't handle. And so as Catholics, as parents, as catechists, as teachers, we have got to do our best to make sure our kids have a foundation of truth. I'm not saying that we hide them from the world or we shelter them from the world, but we have to help them to know what is good and true and beautiful first so that they have the discernment to look at the craziness going on around them and decide what is right. Um, and I have a lot of hope for the future because I see that in my students. I see that in the people that I work with and the people who contact me through social media and through my work online. And they're looking for that. They, they know that it is true and they want the tools that they need to share that with children. But it's hard. I, I will admit that it is hard. It's, it's like a battle. It literally is. Um,
0: well, you have, a, you have a culture out there that promotes the, the, the evil, the falsehoods and the ugly. Yeah. and 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 that and joe and we could all back that up if anybody's well what do you mean it's ugly it's ugly this culture supports baby killing in certain parts of the country now thank god roe versus wade is overturned but in your state katie and in, in new jersey new york california can you kill babies up up until the moment of birth your, your culture's ugly it's evil and it's false the church needs to promote, to promote, number one, the church needs to promote the good, the true, and the beautiful, which she does, okay? And two, we need to, like you said, protect our children against the, the, the evil, the lies, and the ugly, okay? And not let that, and we need to protect their purity. Um, Katie, we probably have a couple minutes. Uh, talk about the need to, to make sure that we we. this is the best way to fight against the culture of death when it comes to protecting our children and also follow that up uh, with what you have on going on in the, in the, in the pipeline, as far as any new books are concerned.
2: Sure. So I also want to say like, this is not an us versus them, right? Like everyone is, is meant to be part of the church. we want every single one of these people that we're talking about, we want them in heaven with us. And so, but, we have our children in front of us and they, they deserve protection, right? That's why they have been put in our classrooms and in our homes and in our parishes, they deserve our protection. And so the, the basis of built like protecting them, but also building up a foundation so that they can go out and then they get to join the battle with us. Right. So I think that that is really important to, to protect them um, because it's no longer just a, Oh, there's some bad stuff out there that they might encounter. They are inundated with it now. And it's not just, Oh yeah, it's, you know, we have this view and they have, this view it's now oh well because you don't agree with us you are completely wrong you are completely bigoted you know we cannot listen to any everything you say is incorrect because you have this view um, which is really challenging and that has accelerated so I've been teaching for about 15 years and I I thought it was bad (laughs) at the beginning and it is it's like a it's like a landslide now like you can't even keep up with it it's no
0: I hear you i hear you and what what new books do you have coming quickly katie
2: um uh, a couple in the pipeline that will be about the liturgical year that's all i can say right now but they should be out sometime next year hopefully
0: well you all gotta right, come katie, back God. on yeah. yes you gotta <laughs> come back on and we'll, ha- we'll 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 mix it up again katie Bogner, thank you so much for joining us here at the front line with joe and joe everybody out there go out and buy the book through the year with mary ponder and pray together with children your local catholic bookstore uh emmaus road publishing and Amazon, um, idea. Amazon <laughs> if you have to, okay, if you have Amazon, uh, but, but support Emmaus Road. Katie, thanks again. We really appreciate you coming on the show.
2: So great to be with you. Thank you so much.
0: You're welcome, and thank you all out there for joining us here at the Veritas Catholic Radio Network 1350 on your AM dial 103.9 on your FM dial spreading the truth of the Catholic faith to the New York City metropolitan area please download the app and share it with your friends so you can have access to all of our station's content, and please if you don't mind follow Joe and I on social media at The Frontline TV, The Frontline TV primarily right now on YouTube, like, subscribe, share, do all that fun stuff, and as always thank you for your support, Um, and one one more time. Thank you to Katie Bogner. And remember until the next time that our conversation is your conversation and that conversation is going on everywhere. We will talk to you soon.